You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Stop Talking, Take Action, Get Results. It's Jen Duplessis. I wanna say thank you again for spending time with me today. And today I don't have a guest. I'm so excited because I really like doing some, you know, taking some opportunities to just share some thoughts I have, you know, based on what I'm experiencing and uh, not keeping that a secret, giving it to you, the world who's listening, and hopefully it has an impact on whatever you're doing in your business or in your life as well. So today I thought I would talk about um, five key points to build and support a great sales team or community, and or community. So five key points to build and support a great sales team and or community. And um, this kind of came up from a conversation I was having with one of my coaching clients who's building a team and just was churning people a lot, a lot of churning. And I think that what happens is we uh, get to a capacity where we say we now need to hire someone. We don't put the proper... uh, job duties in place a lot of times and uh as so i think what happened i don't know i want to say this it's it's like this it's you know you get overwhelmed you have a great idea you go out and you you start producing and whatever the case may be you know to uh sell to uh, increase business to have growth or what whatnot and then you get overwhelmed and uh, you think okay i have to hire somebody i have to hire someone The only problem is you're in a state of overwhelm and you haven't taken the time before that to write down all of the things that you do if you don't have a team. If you have a team, writing down all the things you need this new person to do so that we get so scared and we hire so quickly that once we're done hiring, we're like, fine, we're done. We're done. I just need a body. I like the person. I kind of, you know, I, I like them. I've interviewed one or two people, haven't really vetted them, haven't done a disc analysis on them to really know whether they're going to fit into your team or not. Haven't asked them to do something in advance of the interview to see, you know, look, the bottom line is if you're not going to do, do a task or an assignment for me before you come in for the interview, um, when you're supposed to be impressing me the most, then when are you going to impress me, right? So if they can't even do a task before, you know, so put a deadline on something that you want them to do, like, you know, send your resume by close of business today or um, write a synopsis about what you think you do very well, what you think you need improvement on, um, or don't do very well and what you think you need to improve most. You know, some type of a task, and it can even be the DISC profile, but, but give them a deadline 
um, just to see if they're interested, you know, see their level of commitment right from the get-go. But that's what I'm not going to talk about today. I'm sorry, I could be talking about that forever. But uh, you know, really coming up with what are their specific tasks, tasks, where do you need the most help so that when you hire somebody, it's the right hire. And we have a tendency to point fingers at them and say they're not good and I've tried hiring before and it was a, it was a mess when it really is thumb pointing. So, you know, instead of pushing your finger out, you're going to pull your, fin- your thumb in and saying, you know, did I do all the right things? So it, it starts there. Uh, and honestly, I could have a whole podcast on that. Uh, you guys can let me know if you want to have that. If you want to have that conversation, but but uh, you know, I'm just going to advance us forward to the fact that you made a really good hire. You made a good hire, but it's not over. It's your job as the leader to create the culture that is going to create this unbelievable rock star team. And if you are a leader, right? Um, and think about a rock star, and that's why I said a rock star team, because if you are going to a concert and, you know, the singer, the, you know, whoever it is, the famous singer, the people in the band don't play their instruments well, then the singer has to stop the whole concert, go back and try to play the instrument themselves, you know, and the hope is that you know how to play it pretty well. Most of us know how to do all parts, right, of our business before we start hiring people. But after time, you know, over time, you lose some of the skill set to actually do it. So you might be able to play the instrument, but it's, you're not going to remember things. You know, you're not going to remember the notes. You're not going to remember the song. And um, you'll get through it, but it's very time consuming. And the experience that your consumer or your audience is receiving is less than par, right? So when we're talking about how to build and support a great sales team or a community. And the reason why I say community is because this is something that I talk about in my lifestyle business mastery is it's one portion of what we, I coach on and I talk about, which is, um, the, uh, ability to work within a community, right? And this is really your connections, the people you're connected with outside of just your team, but who are you connected with? Um, and I talk about that, you know, quite a bit. It's your, it's really your database of everybody that's in your database. But understanding that community is a verb, right? It's not stagnant. You don't just put people in your database and you're happy camper. Um, it's it's a verb. It requires action. And that's exactly what is required once you decide to become a leader. Once you decide to hire that first person, you become a leader and it requires action. And it requires a lot of work on your part to um, continue to keep that rapport built and that support and the motivation going for everybody on your team. So that's why I want to talk about these five points. And they're pretty quick. They're They're not lengthy, but... Ah, you know me, I could get into a (laughs) whirlwind and talk about all kinds of fun stuff. So let's talk about the first one. And I just laughed. Laughter opens minds. So hopefully you're laughing at me. Uh, Laughter does open minds. Um, You know, in the book, uh, Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Coleman, which you can, uh, we'll put a link in the, in the notes so you can grab a copy of the book if you're interested. Um, and you can get some used ones for like eight bucks or something. And uh, 
but anyway, uh, he talks about emotional intelligence and something that we, we don't do a lot of is laughing, you know, in the work environment and really having a good time. And now why does this have to, what's this have to do with emotional intelligence? Well, if you know anything and have read anything, you know, in the last several years about intellectual or IQ, right, that intellectual intelligence, what the studies have shown is that you could have the highest IQ in the world, but it isn't going to guarantee that you're going to make the most money and be the most successful. And not that money's everything, okay, but, but we are talking about how do we become successful, right? Where the success really comes in is in the emotional intelligence, your ability to identify, assess, and control your emotions and the emotions of others in, in a group setting. And it's pretty interesting because those that have a high EQ, emotional intelligence, uh, make more money than those who have a high, higher IQ. So it's kind of interesting. And it kind of, it does get back to uh, Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, is similar, you know, similar kind of thought process here. Not that education isn't important, um, isn't, of course it is, but it's, it's how the people maneuver. So it's one thing to have all the knowledge and skill set to do your job, but it's another thing to have the knowledge and skill set to find multiple ways to make money or do your job or solicit, um, or not solicit, but enlist, enlist the assistance of other people on a team. And so one of the pieces of this is laughter, um, that having a good mood enhances your thinking flexibility. Isn't that crazy? But think about this. If you're in a bad mood, you're stifled, you're procrastinating, you're not moving at all. And that's emotional intelligence. It's the ability to recognize that, see that trigger in yourself or in others, and pull yourself out or, as a team leader, pull other people out of it. So let's take that example of the rock star. So if someone were, and I hope this wouldn't happen with a rock star because they're all expected to be really, really good. But I could take, I could take, let's take a music teacher at school. You know, if he's seeing that someone's really, really struggling to learn an instrument or to do, you know, read a, a specific um, you know, piece, if he's, you know, struggling in a specific piece, a really good, uh, you know, flute player, saxophone player, they're really good at playing the instrument, but they're struggling in this one particular area or in this one particular piece, a good leader, a good band director is going to see that and is going to try to, because, you know, they start slumping over and they're like, I can't get it. I can't get it. And the mood starts changing a good, um, director is going to go over and support them and encourage them and say, you've got this, you know, you're excellent at what you do. You have this, you know, um, and really get them into a good mood. And I know it sounds really funny, but you know, we all know that a cancer in an office really spreads cancer, right? A person with a bad attitude spreads cancer, but a person with a really good mood spreads all the good stuff. So we want to continue to do that. And we want to try to be the leader in observing and seeing that instead of, avoiding it, which is such a bad habit in management uh, to avoid people with bad habit, I mean, bad moods and, and a cancer. Um, if it gets to that point, uh, then I tell you to look in the mirror about your management skills or your leadership skills because you shouldn't get to that point. 
And it's a, tend- a tendency that we do. As soon as someone starts acting like that, we start avoiding them when in fact we need to pull them in closer and, and help and encourage them and, and, you know, direct them into higher, into higher levels. Um, so it's, you know, again, keep in mind that a good mood is going to really enhance the ability for everyone to think and be more flexible and be flexible in their thinking. And that is unbelievable when you're solving problems. I mean, it's, it's lethal in a good way. It is so lethal to be able to solve problems. And you know that when you're in a good mood, everything happens better. Your sales calls happen better. Your relationships happen um, better. Whatever you're doing in your job is just so much better because you're in a good mood. Uh, so you have to recognize the trigger. I think that's one of the big things. So just make sure that, you know, to open up minds, we need to be in a good mood and we can, we need to elicit laughter. And this is, you know, in today's day and age, be careful about the jokes if you're going to do laughter, <laughs> but elicit laughter, elicit some fun in, you know, in your team. So number two is to always recruit optimists. You know, look at the people that you're hiring. Are you recruiting an optimist? Or are you recruiting someone who's coming off a really bad previous job situation and you know they're looking for a new job and maybe they aren't the ones who started this process maybe it was started for them and you know but under the covers are they an optimist or on on the outside can you see the optimism to optimism in there so for example if you were you know on a, a football team you would not hire or bring people on who couldn't play football they have to at least be able to play football right so um, the question then is, can they be trained, can they be up-leveled to be an optimist, if we're using that as our example here? So you wouldn't bring someone on who isn't an optimist, but if they have some tendencies to be an optimist, is it possible they could be trained into be, um, being a better team player? So think again about the football, is if they, they came in and they, they had great skills in a lot of areas, but not in a few, could they be coached into and trained into um, being a really good performer? And um, so if you look at the whole of a football team, too, that's not performing well as a team, but then eventually they become better and better and better, that's the same aspect here is that we want to recruit people who we can pull up and be optimists um, keeping in mind that you just never, ever hire someone who isn't an optimist in the beginning. We can improve their optimism, but they have to have a basic of, of being an optimist. Okay, so number three is a habit of winning. Um, small wins need to be highlighted. That is huge. Small wins absolutely have to be highlighted. Um, and I, I think about this. I'm always you know talking about sports too, but I think about this like in basketball, um, I'm sorry, yeah, in basketball. So if someone's doing a free throw, right, and, uh, you know, their teammates are around the side, you know, on the court, and they're doing a free throw, as soon as they get that first free throw, everybody kind of walks up to them and goes, yeah, man, that's good, that's good. Now get the next one, right? There's two of them, at least at that point in the game. And um, that small win builds teamwork. You can see how it builds that teamwork, just recognizing the small win of making that first shot of a two, you know, two-shot free throw. And so for you as a team leader, what can you be doing to highlight these small wins and how can you constantly have your antennas up, again, emotional intelligence, how could you have your antennas up on a regular basis to be highlighting the small wins? So whether it's 
every month going back through all the sales with your team and saying, hey, you know, what went right with us? What went wrong and how can we improve? But, but more importantly, when went right? Who, did, who stepped up? Who really helped, you know? Assessing that again, this gets back to emotional intelligence because it's always being you know the person who can you know identify and then assess um, things that are going on around them, you know uh, the culture and the atmosphere around them. But you could also do silly, crazy things like this. You could write a thank you note to one of your team members. You could write a thank you note to someone in a different department um, in your in your company. Uh, you could do a video of gratitude and thanks to someone. You could um, have a day of on uh, what are they what they call that on the spot uh, car detailing where the, someone comes to your office and details everybody's cars while they're working. Um, you could take them to lunch when you normally don't take them to lunch. You could send them to lunch on you. You could buy tickets for their family to go to a movie, uh, to go to a sporting event, to go to the Nutcracker, to go to ice capades, <laughs> whatever it may be, uh, to go to an Airbnb um, for the weekend, at, you know, by a campground or, you know, in the mountains or something like that. So think about the small wins and how you can highlight them. And I went from something that's very small and inexpensive seemingly insignificant but a big impact all the way to something that might be a little more expensive for you um we sent uh our processor one year to uh disney with her family her family was going and she said i I can't afford it and we said yes you can you know and we sent that so but again it's highlighting uh wins we're not highlighting um and rewarding uh, bad behavior, of course, because we want that great team, that great team um, environment and atmosphere. Um, all right. So number four is feelings are contagious, you know, and they are. And we, I've pretty much already talked about this too. Is just that um, if someone's negative, it's contagious. If someone's positive, it's contagious. Um, when you think about going to a concert and you know, everybody walks out just feeling really high about that one, you know, uh, singer and how good it feels. And everybody's just feeling great as they're leaving a concert. It's amazing. And people come, watch them when they come into the concert. They're still finishing up phone calls. They had a fight with their kids on the way out the door, their spouse, you know, way out the door. But when everyone leaves that concert, everyone's pumped and happy, uh, just go lucky and they've experienced something that's just incredible. So make sure that your team is helping your clients experience that, but also that your team is experiencing it all the time, that they're not coming in upset and leaving upset that, you know, if they come in upset that things get changed, you know, you recognize it and you change it for your team so that they can end their day on a high note and go back and have a nice family, you know, dinner or be with their family, hopefully. But if you do it enough, they come in and they leave happy, you know, regardless of what happens at home, because it's a um, sanctity, you know, a sanctuary for them to come to work because they're so excited about being part of this great team that's moving forward um, and supporting one another. And they're, they're growing personally as well. They're not just in a stagnant position, but growing because you're recognizing ways that they could grow so that you can grow too, financially and personally, right? Um, so you could watch a video 
of everybody laughing. Just send out, you know, stupid little videos throughout the day if you see it, just to get people to chuckle and laugh. And, you know, whether it's a meme um, that is a quote that is very poignant that makes people happy, or whether it's, you know, crazy funny videos of puppy dogs or, or whatever you're going to do about just of watching people um, be happy. And you could do something as, you know, as simple as that. Um, there's a, there's a little, uh, I don't know if I can remember this. We'll have to see. Uh, as you probably already heard, uh, most of the time when I'm doing these podcasts, I just kind of go with it. Uh, I, I haven't somewhat of an agenda, but I pretty much go with it. So I don't have everything all laid out every time. And that's because, you know, I, I just find that that's not me if I'm doing that. And hopefully that resonates with you because you're getting the real me. But um, there's a, a uh, an exercise you can do. You could have everybody come into the, you know, uh, the main area of your office or somewhere in your office. And the first thing you have everybody do is um, start laughing. Just be stupid and start laughing. And people look around and go, well, I don't get it. So people start, you know, it's going, ha, 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 okay, whatever, ha, 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 And they see other people laughing and they start genuinely laughing instead of fake laughing. And then what you do is they're laughing. You tell them, okay, now point to something on your own body that's just stupid and silly and laugh at it. And the other person points to and you, you know, get everybody in a room in a circle or have, you know, uh, partner everybody up. And have them start laughing at the stupid thing you're pointing to. Maybe you're laughing at, you know, um, your hair out of place. Maybe you're laughing that your shoe's untied. Maybe you're um, laughing at a color of something that you're wearing. It's just dumb stuff. You know, maybe you're laughing at uh, the, the way you have your nails cut. I mean, your nails done or whatever. Uh, maybe it's a ring you're laughing at. Just laughing at stupid stuff. And everyone starts, the volume of laughing starts increasing. It's crazy. And then... Ask everybody now, and you're going to have to talk louder because they now are laughing so hard. It's, it is the funniest thing. Now tell someone to point to something in the room and laugh. And they'll point to other people. They'll point to how stupid blinds look. They'll point to a stapler, um, somebody's purse, a chair. It's a picture. Uh, it's just a funny, a paper clip. It's just the funniest thing. And people will point to that and they'll start laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. And then when you stop it all, everybody takes three big deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth and take the time to go through that. And it feels absolutely incredible. You should do it to yourself. Just start laughing in your house one day and then point to something on yourself and then laugh because it is, it feels so good. But it doesn't get finished until you take those big breaths because it just helps. It just helps calm everybody down and everyone get in a really, really good mood. So that's how you make those feelings contagious. Have you ever watched that video of the baby who laughs? And my, right now my grandson is laughing like that. And uh, I, you know what? I think I'll send you a link to the video of him laughing so you can, you can watch it. It's absolutely hilarious. It'll make you laugh because it's so genuine. And, uh, you know, so it's really good for making sure that feelings are contagious. Just be aware that good, good feelings are what you're looking for, not the negative feelings that are contagious. And then last but not least is, you know, what I call the love bite, you know, and it's just creating a good memory place 
right? A place where people are happy that when they come in, they're not dragging in, you know, the old uh, commercial of Dunkin' Donuts, you know, when he was getting up really early in the morning saying, time to make the donuts and just dragging himself into, into work. Um, but it's a place where people smile and say, oh, I absolutely love where I'm at and I love the people and I love that I'm growing and I love that I'm supported and I'm love, I love that we're all a big team working together. And it adds to um, the warmth of the culture that you're trying to create, you know, and if you can encourage everyone to give someone else a little love bite every single day, which is just add to someone's, uh, you know, life. Just walk in and tell someone, you know, I really appreciate everything you do. Or a sticker, a smiley sticker that just says, I, you know, I was thinking about you and I wanted you to have this. Um, but get your team to do that to one another so that it's not just you doing it, right? And this is how you build, build that team. So, um, these are ideas that, you know, I learned a long time ago and I've tried to implement in my team when I had a team, when I was, you know, um, focusing on, you know, mortgage lending and uh, things that I was thinking about the other day is that I needed to go back to that and remind myself that, hey, I need to make sure that everyone, that I'm engaging my emotional intelligence, that people are laughing, that I'm only bringing people in with optimism that, you know, I'm celebrating those small wins other than just thank you, but just celebrating them in a little bit better way. Um, that's a little more genuine and deep, right. And that, um, you know, that my, however, whatever my mood is, is going to reflect on them as they're working. And I want to always make sure that it's a good positive. And then, you know, just letting them and telling them, you know, how, how appreciative I am that they are part of, my team in helping me achieve my goals, right? And then I want to help them achieve their goals as well. So there you have it. Five keys to build and support a great team and community. Because by the way, this goes out to your entire community, the way that you uh, interact with all of your partners, your referral partners, when you're networking, all of these things um, are in play. And uh, so if it means that you have to take a few breaths while you're sitting in your car before you walk into a networking event so you can get a checkup from your neck up and think of three things that you're grateful for, um, you can, uh, again, that's the emotional um, intelligence in being able to identify and assess and control your own emotions so that you get the best out of everybody, including yourself, so that your business can grow. Nobody wants to to uh, hang around with a, I'll call it a Linus, right? <laughs> or a Charlie Brown to that extent. You know, nobody wants to hang around with someone like that. When you can take just a few minutes to get everything in check, I promise you, you're going to be uh, supported by everyone. Everyone's going to want to help you in any way that they possibly can. You will grow personally and your income will grow because people, you act like a magnet instead of someone who pushes people away. So anyway, I wanted to share that with you today. I hope that that resonates with somebody, that you guys enjoy it, and uh, that you could take one little piece of this and make a difference. You know, even if it, think about this for your kids. Can you imagine if you just did this for your kids, celebrated those little wins, did some cute little things for them as well? 
um, to encourage them in, in school, especially as we're heading, you know, back into the fall at the time that I'm recording this, you know, into back into school. So uh, I hope that this has been helpful. And again, I cannot express enough. I, I do it every single call. I cannot express the gratitude I have for you taking the time to listen in on my podcast. And if there's anything that I can do for you. If any of this resonates for you and you say that you need to let, you know, think you need to level this up, um, I invite you to consider having a conversation with me to see if there's anything that I can do to help you in the realm of coaching to get you from where you're at now to where you want to be. So until next time, thank you again. And I go out and make it a great week. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.